This is Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. We have been gone for two and a half weeks, and I have missed you, beautiful people. No, I have not, because me and Selena have been on Instagram Live every other week. This is Stanley Fritz. You can find me on Twitter at Stan Fritz. You can find me on IG at Stan Fritz. You can even find me on Skonex because they put it back up. And you know I'm trying to reconnect with my high school sweetheart, Stephanie Crudello. I'm lying. I made that up. Did you? <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to... Nope, I'm being threatened right now. I can't read you, Stanley. Well, welcome to another episode of Be Heard Talk, where we talk race, politics, and culture, and where I lay my edges right before I start the show. There we go. There go my baby here. Um, yes, my name is Selena Hill. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Selena Hill. Miss is spelled with an MS. You can also check me out online at MissSelenaHill.com. Hey, Naledi. Popped up on the scene real quick. Still got your mic on mute. All right, yeah. But <laughs> it's all good. I'm super happy to be here. We have a great show lined up. We're going to be talking about all the slander Black women have been getting in the past few weeks, uh, whether it's from 50 Cent or um, what's that guy's name, Kai? I don't even know his last name, but he tried to say Jill Scott wasn't attractive, and I just stopped. So we're going to talk about that. Huh? That was the only thing I did say that. Right. We're going to talk about that. We need to talk about Kanye, of course, running for uh, president, that whole debacle. And there's a lot of other news in politics, policy, race, and culture. But... Before we get to all of that, I'll throw it to you, Tiffany, with the fresh braids. Yes, thank you. I did them myself. Give me a few months, guys, before I open my business. <laughs> <laughs> For the movement. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really excited to be on this show. And also, quick sidebar, shout out to Marilyn for like, Poppy her head in when Stanley was talking about his high school sweetheart. She's like, <laughs> what is going on over there? But yeah, I'm really excited for the show, and I was really hyped when you reached out to me, because I was like, yes, this is a show that we need to have, and I feel like it's an ongoing issue with Black men. Oh, yes, 100%. And we also have Naledi, whose hair also looks popping with the braids, super cute. Thank you. Same thing. I just finished doing my hair yesterday, but yeah. <laughs> I need to get on this. I need to learn how to braid my hair. Like, you guys are killing it. I need to watch YouTube and figure this out. <laughs> That's like, did you want to introduce yourself to Letty and let people know where they can find you? Yo, somebody get out. Get that. Gas me up. Somebody gas me up real quick or I'm taking up all the space as a man. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, you guys can find me at Urban Classic with two Q's at the end, underscore. Um, that's U-R-B-A-N-C-L-A-S-S-I-Q-Q, underscore. Um, also, you can follow my podcast page, um, Lethal Lips with a Z podcast. I have a podcast slash internet radio show that I do um, where we tend to talk about a lot of these same conversations. So I'm excited. So that you also had a panel about Black women venting. How did that yeah. go? Nalady? Yeah, that was, um, so I was the um moderator for that event and yeah we got a lot we got to speak on the 50 cent issue actually nice like freshly happened i think we found out like the night before that that was going on so it gave us a great segue into (laughs) what we needed to discuss so as far as you know um colorism and the way black women are treated and seen in general and the stereotypes that we are, we're usually up against so that was an amazing conversation it'll be up on youtube soon so hopefully you guys can see it later okay well definitely i'll be looking forward to that so 
We actually have a great show kicking off. Shout out to Tammy David, who is traveling, our third and official co-host. She couldn't join us today, but she is with us in spirit. Uh, speaking of that, so I'll just start things off with the news roundup. Oh, and also shout out to all of, all of our faithfuls who are watching us via Zoom now. Thank you guys. We appreciate it. And all those who are watching via Facebook Live, appreciate you as well. And if you are listening via podcast, please share this link on all your socials. Tag us at Be Heard Talk. So before we get into 50 Cent and all the other disparaging remarks that Black women had to deal with, um, let's talk about some of the news roundup stories. Again, this is the segment where we talk about the stories that made us laugh, cry, really upset, or probably led to Stanley getting banned on Facebook again. <laughs> so let's start off. We have to start off with Jada Pinkett Smith's entanglement mm. with August Alcina. Okay, so hope for, all right. Oh. So Jada Pinkett Smith, she confirmed that she once had a romantic relationship, which she described had the girth. You heard her? What, Stanley? Will Smith didn't have the girth. That was the fire. <laughs> Hold on. You're, you're jumping a gun. Let me, let, I know you, I know you ready to give your reaction. Right. So right. she described her relationship with August Alcina as an entanglement on the latest episode of Red Table Talk. She said that the relationship happened or started roughly four and a half years ago while she and Will Smith were separated. Now, the 48-year-old actress said she initially, she and the 27-year-old singer initially began their relationship as close friends, and she simply yeah. wanted to help him get healthier, With physically and mentally. What'd you say, Stanley? With that punani. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, Jada said, and I quote, she was in a lot of pain, end quote, and that she was, and I quote, very broken during her relationship with August. Now, since this episode of Red Table Talk aired, the internet has gone wild. Stanley, since you cannot hold back any longer, what was your reaction to the news that Jada and August had an entanglement? We knew, we've been new. August put out a song yeah. last year talking about this. This is not new. What I do want to point out, and I see Bianca just mentioned it, Jada is a predator. Like, if no, no, don't yeah. the place, Tiff. If we're going like, yeah. if this is a dude, yeah, who, who was with somebody right now when they had some mental health issues and they did this, we'd be dragging him all over Twitter. This is not very far from what R. Kelly did with those 20 year old women. If I mean, it's very far because he she didn't kidnap him or trap him, actually. But as far as like the age <laughs> appropriateness, it's not that far. Like, so we got to be honest about that. I love Jade as much as anybody else, and she's as fine as she wanted to be. But that this is type nasty. Mm -hmm. um, Stanley, you brought up a really good point. I agree. Tiffany, is there a double standard between when older men date younger women who are 20 or 30 years older? We see it all the time. In fact, it's it's applauded in Hollywood and entertainment. Mm -hmm. Um is that is there a double standard here because Jada was dating someone who was much younger than her? I'm not gonna debate you know, whether it's a double standard or not. Clearly, oh. it's a double standard. Like, so Stanley, I'm with you. I think I just had a pause of just, like, labeling her a predator because I guess the way she, her narrative on her own platform, how she, you know, characterized their um, their relationship, I don't think she went in there with the intentions of getting involved or in an entanglement with mm -hmm. us, but that is actually what happened. So, you know, she has to be called to the carpet or to her, you know, nice little circle table. So I do agree that there is definitely a double standard. And if it was anyone else, I think just in the news recently, Johnny Depp had a similar situation where he's dating 
divorce proceedings with a much younger uh, woman who's, I think, uh, divorcing his wife. She's like 24 and he's like well into his 50s. So, mm-hmm. of course, it's nasty. It's disgusting. It's unfortunate because I feel like as a black woman and a lot of people like the Smiths and Jada. So it was kind of like, it's causing you to like reevaluate how you look at these sort of circumstances. But I just kind of feel like, I just think it's damn. Why Jada? <laughs> Well, let, let me let me say something before we get to you, Naledi. First of all, I wasn't that mad. I think it's Will's fault. You gonna let this what? fine? First of all, August Alcina, he is a thirst trap. Okay, it's the girth. It's the girth. You gonna let him in your home? If it wasn't Jada, he would have went after Willow. Like I'm saying, somebody in there was gonna oh. get got. Okay, no, I'm 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 oh. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. And I want to just point out how wild problematic that is. Because if we said that about a man, yo, we'd all be going crazy. We'd be and going right crazy. Be no, no, no. First of all, I would not bring a, a a woman who was 27, 20-something years my younger in my home for me and my husband to help her. First, and, and she's extremely attractive and all the other stuff. I wouldn't have did that. Anyway, okay, Naledi, no, what do you think? Bianca says bring Barack into my house so she can help him heal. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, <laughs> come on, y'all. Like, we let's just be realistic. Um, Naledi, what do you feel? Do you feel that Jada was preying on August in any way, or was she vulnerable and ended up in an entanglement? It happens. No, I doesn't. saw a whole lot going on in that interview. Like, to me, that whole relationship is very toxic. Like besides the surface of it that you could just tell how toxic that relation is will look like he was on the verge of tears and snapping her neck all at the same time like it was very cringy watching that interview like they said that whole thing like bad marriage for life and they were like (laughs) they were like laughing through their tears truly through this whole interview so like for me i'm trying to figure out what's really going on behind the scenes that we don't know like i sense abuse somewhere it could be on jada it could be on will like i definitely sense some type of abuse because to feel like for the overall conversation to be about like we're not leaving each other at the end of the day we're just gonna like do this till we die this partnership that we're gonna call it that's toxic as hell like i don't know what that's about what pact they decided to create that through all of this now that it's out for all of us to see because for years we've always heard about this so-called open relationship but yeah. it's clearly not an open relationship somebody well, got hurt so like um as far as jada specifically though she definitely preyed on the fact that august Alcina was super vulnerable like he had how many deaths in his family like i, I agree with stanley if it was the other way around we would be like why are you taking this poor broken little girl and using her to your advantage to where August said he literally lost he almost like he lost it when they broke up like I don't know if you guys heard August um full August interview but he spoke also how that relationship really really broke him to his core so there's definitely (laughs) I don't agree with what Jada did I don't even agree with their marriage. I think they just need to split up and call it a day because that weird partnership that they have is just, and they need to end it before somebody gets hurt. Well, Thank you. Hold on, Stanley. Thank you, Naledi. You know, just to react, one of, one of the telling points, I think, in that interview that really caught me was when she was like, I just want to feel good. Like, he made me feel good. I was like, yeah. Jada. But anyway, and then also another thing she um, she admitted was that she that journey and that entanglement 
help her to realize how emotionally insecure and immature she was. So she has said that she has since grown and healed. Stanley, I know we're getting a lot of comments on Facebook and I want to get your reaction. Yeah, so um, real quick, I want to push back on one thing that Letty said. Yes. Um, yo, marriage is hard. Relationships are hard. If you're in a real relationship and like you're serious about that person, y'all going to go through some things straight up. I'm not saying that this is okay, but like you may be in a situation where your partner cheats and should that be the end of the relationship? Not necessarily in my opinion. And, but that's what it means when you say till death do us part, like it's a commitment to pushing through those things. So I'm not mad at them about that. And I want to say that because like, I think social media- Now I agree, but look at, I don't know, like if you were able to look at Will's face, he's not over it. You get what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, he's not. <laughs> he's not over it. So to yeah. me, if you prolong a situation like that and you guys never even took the time to heal, like Jada's just chilling with her kick, feet kicked back. Like, and then they had that whole back and forth about, yeah, I'm gonna get you back. Yeah, I'm gonna get, well, you got me back already. We don't know what's going on in relationship. This doesn't sound like something that happened for the first time. You're right, but look, <laughs> I got some comments. Amy Jones says he was in the throes of addiction. Punani don't heal that. She definitely played on him. Yes. As Will has his own skeletons, the reason he was passionate. Exactly. And Marie says, dating with an age difference is not nasty. She sought August out knowing that he was in a vulnerable mental state. She prides herself on healing, quote unquote, healing men. She's a predator. First of all, thank you everybody who left comments. Please continue to leave comments. We'll get to as many of them as possible. Same thing on, um, on Zoom. If you're leaving comments on Zoom, we will definitely get to you as quick as we can. But yeah, I, I'm not mad at them for trying to work things out. If if you're really committed to love, if you're really committed to a person, you're not always going to like the person that you're with. It's not always going to be sweet. And you got to swallow your pride. You got to work through some things. So I get that. I don't get her killing him. I'm August. And yeah, Will is obviously not over that. And there might be a case that Will just found out about that. Um, or just like, let me be trash for a second, Selena. It's like, Will could be tight because... He knew she was doing her thing. She knows he's doing his thing, but he kept his thing tight and she didn't. That's what I think the issue was. <laughs> it's like, I had Tiffany. Right. Oh. Yeah. I think Will is mad at the publicity of it because he said, like, now Black Twitter thinks this is their, their business. And I don't necessarily think that he had they had to respond, but because of the nature of her show and calling people to the carpet or to her table, she has to obviously call herself to the table. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that's what, like, the frustration to me on his face. I think it might be still some hurt there, but I think he was just annoyed that they have to be so public about their damn business. It's like, Jada, you out here being messy, where, you know, I'm keeping my entanglements, you know, entangled and quiet. <laughs> that, I would agree. I, I, honestly, I was... I was somewhat surprised that they even had this red table talk because it is none of our business. Jada and Will Smith do not owe us anything. And I feel like we have this misconception about celebrities because we support them and love them and idolize them so much that they owe us their privacy. No, they do not. Like they didn't have to come out and, and clarify, you know, well, but they decided to do it. Well, let me tell you why they had to do it. Because like, if I'm gonna be 100% honest, August Alcina, I don't care what he went through, he doesn't know how to play his position. <laughs> Not for real. I'm sorry. Like, I thought side, side piece is one of the best roles for a single person. You get all of the perks, none of the drama. And the only thing you have to do is shut up and do what you gotta do. And everybody makes it clear from the jump, like, this is what your role, this is how you are, this is how it's gonna be. It's not gonna go any further. And if you get caught up and they pull back, you got to accept the fact that you got caught up and chalk it up to the game. 
he didn't know his place. It's the same thing. You're going to be a side piece. Be solid. I bet you all the Wells side pieces got promotions because they held it down, 10 toes down. He wasn't a side piece, though. They were in a relationship. No, 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 no. He was a side piece. She was never leaving him for her husband. And that's oh, what people don't understand. But that's why we're saying Jada preyed on him because, in his opinion, he was in a relationship, in a real one at that. They shared hearts. So you can't convince him he was, and with the permission, quote unquote, of Will. So that man was under the impression that he was with Jada. Listen, Memphis Bleak had a diss track towards, towards, um, towards Nas a couple of years ago. I'm not going to spit the lyrics. I'm going to tell you the name of the song. And it's for all the side pieces out there. Play your position. <laughs> um, all right. Well, final words on that. I'll, honestly, I'll just pray for their healing for the whole Smith family. But honestly, my concern yeah. is really for August Alsina. Um, yeah. He has, I, I actually did some more research in him. He has expressed very grave and serious, you know, mental and physical health conditions. He is, it doesn't seem like he's been in a very healthy state. It seems like he's trying to get there now. We see the backlash that happened against Kiki Palmer, which I just think is misguided and misdirected anger. So I think August needs to continue to heal without the Smiths. <laughs> and, and I think he, you know, he needs therapy and whatever else because he does have a lot of issues. Real quick, um, Lena, I have to read this comment or else I'll okay. be bored. Okay. Marilyn said that August was cloud chasing and that he was just mad because this affair happened four years ago. He put out a song, nobody cared about it, and he was cloud chasing. And I agree. Like, he was, come on. He's being a messy Betty. And then he blacked on Kiki Palmer. I, I, I wouldn't <laughs> say that he was cloud chasing. He called Jada the love of his life. And so, and I don't think, I think he did. I, felt, I think he felt life, in love for her. For marriage. Well, he didn't, see, like Naledi said, in his mind, and through his lens, they were together and there was hope and potential for them to have a public and, and deeper relationship, more of a meaningful relationship. And if you right. follow the saga, it sounds like he broke it off for her because mm -hmm. she was not willing to give him more. Yet right. still, his heart was broken. Let me tell you a quick story about Frederick Douglass, how Frederick Douglass was in this house with his wife and had a whole other white woman there and was promising her that he was going to make her number one when his wife died. This side chick held it down. Well, Frederick Douglass is trash for this. This side chick held it down for like 30 years. Frederick Douglass' wife died. Frederick Douglass then married a younger white woman. The side chick killed herself and left all her money to him. That's how you hold it down as a side chick. You see? Um, That's the kind of woman to be looking all for. All right. We, we, we're going to move. After that problematic statement, <laughs> we're going to move it along from there. Uh, speaking of problematic statements and people, President Trump on Saturday expressed confidence that Kanye West, who recently announced that he plans to launch a late bid for the White House, could steal votes from Joe Biden. Trump, Trump tweeted, That's, that shouldn't be hard, referring to West's, West taking votes away from Biden, followed by, and I quote, corrupt Joe has done nothing good for black people. <laughs> Stanley, you've been outspoken about your contempt for the new Kanye. What do you make of his announcement that he's going to run for president? And do you think it could hurt Biden more than Trump? So I'm going to try and be less profane than I was um, on Tuesday when we talked about this. And by the way, for those of you who watch this show on Sundays or on podcasts, Selena and I are doing um, weekly um, IG lives where we talk about the latest news. So we did talk about this briefly. Um, Kanye West is obsessed with white people. He wants white acceptance. He wants yeah. Donald Trump to be his daddy. That's why he, that's why he married a, a white woman who stole black 
who went to got surgery so she, so she could have a black woman's body and instill a black woman's ideas to get rich and her whole family gets rich off of that. That's who Kanye is. So Kanye is a shell of a person and very a man. With that being said, Kanye has already missed most of the filing dates to run for office. So if he wants to waste his time hugging on white people and probably catching COVID, good luck to him. Uh, well, Tiffany, Trump claims that Biden has done nothing good for black people. Do you agree? Um, I think Biden, like so many other white politicians, have a, a a controversial history with black people. I think if you ask black people in South Carolina, they really rock with Biden. I think if you ask black people a particular age, they might really rock with Biden, especially black people that were around during the crime bill, which I know a lot of people like to associate with associate him with, and rightly so. We ha I think we have to put things in context when we talk about Biden, especially when it comes to like the crime bill, because, you know, Al Sharpton was doing like those walks in like Harlem and like putting like red marks and X's on like crackers and all that stuff. So I feel like a lot of older black people may feel that Biden and other white politicians like him were like needed because our cities and communities were like ravaged by, you know, this, this terrible drug. drug. I think it depends on who you you ask, but obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, and millennials like us is like no f Biden, he gotta go. He didn't do anything for black people, but put us in cages. So I think it's like a you know it's an unfortunate um, uh, a situation where like as black people you have to look at someone who has done harm to your community, but it's also you know there's also another white person that could do like even more harm to your community and it can be possibly irreversible. Well, you know, speaking of harm to the community, you know, Kanye continues to harm himself and his reputation and his uh, publicity and it seems like some of his followers by some of the, the statements and remarks that he makes. Um, Naledi, do you think that his latest shenanigans could be real? Do you think that he might really want to run for president? And if he does, who will it hurt? So the scariest part to his shenanigans is the fact that he has Elon Musk to back him. So <laughs> it is very much real because he has very real money. So I could see him at whatever point pushing him with that type of backing and God forbid he has another one like that. And it could be a very real election. We, we thought Trump wasn't real and his ass is in the White House now. And, you know, so we see at the end of the day, very clearly r money is what runs this country. So if he has someone as powerful and as rich as Elon Musk to back him right now, it's a very scary but very realistic chance that he can be now someone else that's going to be in the White House. No, no. Elon Musk pulled his support at the Congress. Oh, he did? Anti-vaxxer, pro-life, and um, some other weird shit that no one likes except for Republicans and racists. Well, so, we... Go ahead, Stanley. On Twitter... Kanye West was like, I'm anti-vaccine, I'm I'm pro-church, and then Elon Musk was like, this is not what I wanted to support, never mind. I mean, do they not have these discussions before they even announce that they're <laughs> going to be back in a supporting this man? No, they're clout-chasing thoughts. Elon yeah. Musk is a mediocre white man who got all of his riches by getting money from his family and is stealing from other people. Like, what do you expect? And those are the kind of people that Kanye West loves. Let's like, it doesn't matter that Kanye West is running for president. Kanye West is a perfect example of when you get too obsessed with trying to be accepted and loved by white people. That's all he cares about. And I'm not saying Kanye is special because I used to want white people to accept me 
and approving me too, because I thought if they saw me as equals, life would be easier. Guess what? No matter what you do, no matter how much money you make, no matter how many great albums you put out, you're still a nigga. Mm-hmm. And Kanye, he refuses to believe that. So he goes home and kisses his white wife in the mouth and steals some black people. Well, um, for the virus, Maximus left a comment via Zoom. He says that he thinks Kanye's presidential run, potential presidential run, would hurt Trump. What liberal is going to support? And I quote, slavery, slavery was a choice, Kanye. I agree to that. Honestly, I just think that Kanye needs to take a seat at this point. And I, I obviously, I think a new album is coming out. So he, the people around, to me, Kanye has really? talked about needing help. He has talked about having mental illness. He has also said like very problematic statements. I think the people around him who know better should really try to sit him down and just quiet him for a minute until he can get the help that he needs and figure out what side of the aisle and what side of history he wants to be on. He has said everything that we need to abolish the 13th Amendment to slavery was a choice. He's confused, he's conflicted, and he has a lot going on. He needs to take a seat. I think that's what's scary to me is that he has enough people that are willing to make him his puppet, their puppet. And so, like, he has people that are willing to throw that money at him to take this thing seriously. And it's scary. It is. Well, speaking of He does have an album coming out that Dr. Dre is producing. I heard Mm -hmm. the first song. It is hot garbage. I wrote a blunt (laughs) on it. That's about it. And so, no, for real. And he put out a song with a video, and the video was just a whole bunch of black trauma. It was a bunch of black people suffering from COVID, black people getting attacked by cops to like a, a up-tempo church beat. So this is what he's trying to do. You need, we need to understand the difference between somebody who cares and doesn't know and somebody who loves white people and wants attention. Kanye doesn't need anyone to talk to him. Enough people pulled him aside. This is who he is. Well, that being said, and speaking of white people, I do want to just switch gears because the Karen app may actually become a real thing in San Francisco. It may soon become illegal to make discriminatory, racially biased 911 calls in San Francisco. Now, the Karen Act stands for Caution Against Racially Explosive Non-Emergencies. It was introduced last week at a San Francisco Board of Supervisors meeting. The ordinance is a twist on the name Karen, which social media, shout out to Black Twitter, has basically given to white women who make these racially biased 911 calls. Now, this legislation actually comes weeks after a white Karen called 911 on a Black bird watcher in Central Park and a few weeks after a white hotel employee in North Carolina called police on a black woman and her children who were staying at the hotel simply because they were using the swimming pool. Tiffany, do you think the Karen Act is progress? I think the Karen Act is some sort of progress because now I think, you know, we need to hold these people accountable at the end of the day. I also think we need to stop putting these people in the face, but that's another, <laughs> that's another- uh, We need to stop what? You need to start like uh, punching these people in the face because that's kind of like, but that's another route. You know, I tend towards, you know, go towards violence. But anyway, I think it's a step towards progress because I feel like you're seeing a lot more of, well, you're hearing a lot more of these stories. And many of these stories are, you know, leading to death. If you look at, um, what's his name, Crawford, that was, died in the Walmart, walking around with the BB gun. And as soon as, you know, law enforcement came around the corner, they shot him immediately. Like, Many of these calls are actively leading to death, and it's also just criminalizing basic everyday behavior of Black people that white people would never look at as, you know, criminalizing. So I definitely think it's a step towards progress, 
And we need to hold these people accountable in some sort of way that, listen, you just can't randomly call the cops on Black people and then go home and then you, you know, turn on the news and you hit up that same person you just called the cops on ends up dead because you couldn't mind your freaking business. And a lot of it is just because they simply can't mind their business. Tiamari hmm. left a comment. Shout out to Tiamari on Facebook Live. She says, thank you. We're tired of these Karens. Stanley, are you standing behind the Karen Act? No. Why? Well, first off, I don't believe that we solve problems with a prison industrial complex. The prison industrial complex is inherently racist and harmful, and violence begets more violence. That doesn't solve the problem. Um, this is all for clout, because even the barrier of like proof that this is what's happening is going to be pretty high. So I don't support the Karen Act. This is white progressive elected officials trying to get clout, and black elected officials who have signed on there signing on so they can say they did it. Um, that's mm -hmm. one. Thing. Two. You're telling me we're going to pass a bill where it becomes illegal to call the cops on black people with false accusations. But the people who have to decipher whether it's a false accusation or not are the same people who have been killing said black people. Because the cop still has to show up to the scene of the crime and deduce that this white woman is lying. And when have they ever been good at that? <laughs> Someone called the cops and said, hey, there's a kid with a BB gun. He's not a danger, but like he's scaring people. You should go talk to him. You know how the cops reacted? They jumped the curb and shot the kid in less than 13 seconds. Rest in peace to Mayor Rice. So like you, you want these same people who do stuff like that now to then be responsible for deciphering whether a white woman is lying? Do we not understand how white supremacy works and how it contorts itself to stand up for white women? This is horrible. Well, I would say it's it's a bill. I don't think that the responsibility would fall on police necessarily to decipher whether the call was racially biased or not. That would, to me, have to be taken off in a court of law or have to, like, there would be further prosecution or litigation or, or mitigation behind it. I think that the bill could potentially protect millions, well, a lot of people from being targets of hate crimes and people weaponizing their whiteness in order to call, you know, law enforcement or, or people in communities of color. Not only that, like, I just think having something like this could also possibly be a deterrent. Like, yes, we need to take larger steps, but I'm all for progressive incremental steps as we fight this long battle. Naledi, where do you stand on the Karen Act? Uh, I personally do think it's a good idea. I just would want the details as to like, to meet where Stanley's concern and, and our concerns is in the middle as far as like, what happens after that? Okay, so the cops come, you know, they're there to decipher what and what, like, do these Karens get any type of penalty, penalty behind it? Because other than that, there's no purpose to it. There should be some type of penalty to the fact that they're falsely calling these cops in the first place. Or um, kind of like Stanley said, what is going to be What's going to be the basis to decipher, you know, a Karen that has incorrectly called someone because they tend to take Karen's side in the first place. So all these things need to be ironed out first. Other than that, like, I do think it is a great idea, but we need, we as the people need the details first because and we need the blueprint to see that this thing goes through properly because if we leave it to them, it's going to just go right back around. It's not going to make sense. Just real quick, if the cops aren't going to be the, aren't going to be the ones that decipher whether this is like, whether the person is lying or not, what happens is the person who called the cops is not going to get arrested. The person who's been accused of something will be remanded. So you could have a situation like what happened to, to um, Khalif Browder, where someone accused him of stealing a book bag. Right. And before they could find out whether it was true or not, he got arrested and held in jail with a $900, with $3,000 bail, pardon me. 
And we know now that he didn't sell the book back, but he sat there for two and a half years. So Karen falsely accuses me of a crime. The cops pull up, they believe her. I get held in jail for as long as one day, as short as one day, as long as three years. And then I come out and it's like, oh, Karen was lying. I still spent three years in Rikers Island. Absolutely. The, the criminal, the, like, the piece that we had to get to, and like, it's going to take long-term work, I'm still working on it. The prison industrial complex is inherently harmful. It does not solve these problems. What you're looking for is revenge and retribution. And we need to be honest about that. Because throwing um, Amy Cooper in a jail or a prison is not going to stop racist people from being racist because they're racist. So making a Karen bill is not going to help anybody. It might actually put more black people in danger. Tiffany, quickly before we move on. I would just be cautious of trying to maybe equating accountability with revenge necessarily. And I understand what you're saying because accountability does not mean incarceration or involving someone with the prison industrial complex. But I think what we ultimately want is accountability for people causing harm. Yeah. So the question we got to answer, and not now, I'm sorry, Selena, is what does accountability actually look like? Because right. I don't think prison and jails is accountability. That's true. Okay. Well, yeah. that is a great question, and that is something that we're going to have to spend uh, another time to really dissect to get to the bottom of it, because, again, it's not an easy, quick fix. I do want to just move on really quickly before we end the news roundup to talk about um, Naya Rivera. She has, obviously, she was an actress from Glee. Uh, she has went missing after she went for a boat ride with her four-year-old son. And um, it, it, it's, she's been presumed as dead, which is very sad. However, when the tragic news was announced, Twitter users were blasting news organizations and people who described Naya as Big Sean's ex or an actress on Glee. I yeah, like it was trending. Big Sean was like number two trending and then her name for a period of time. Um, Naledi, do you think it's disrespectful to bring up her relationship with Big Sean? Yeah, I mean, it's a very old relationship. Was she engaged after that? Like, mm -hmm. it's disrespectful to everybody. She got married. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, married. So it's like, it's just disrespectful. And it kind of goes to like, um, something I was watching the other day when they were bringing back up the whole Nipsey hustle and Lauren London and, you know, the fact that like Kodak Black had apologized to, uh, to Nipsey for disrespecting Lauren London. Isn't and it's like, Nipsey passed away, exactly. And it's like, we don't, we tend to, always just look at women as just the possession of these men and we don't look at the women as individuals of themselves and it's just a general <laughs> issue that this country has overall so it's like i'm not surprised by that but it's something that needs to stop definitely it's disrespectful well said thank you naledi and speaking of women not getting the proper agency that they deserve that actually leads us to our larger topic at hand we need to talk about all this slander against black women. So on that note, I'm going to switch gears and throw it to Stanley to lead us into the main segment. Yes, thank you so much, Lena. This conversation has been really good, but now we do have to switch gears just a little bit. And it really has felt like the common theme in today's show has really been about black women, whether we're talking about black women who are proud of or black women who are really frustrated with at the moment, CC, J.D. Pickett-Smith. Um, it's really about black women. And as we're dealing with covid um, black people getting killed and being murdered in real time, rest in peace, Breonna Taylor, and also arrest her murderers, or we're talking about representation in this country, black women have been at the forefront. So much so that a couple of weeks on the show, we had to have a debate about J. Cole and No Name, because J. Cole put out a whole song about No Name, 
because she hurt his feelings on Twitter. Well, I thought we had gotten past that, but unfortunately we have not because once again, black women are the topic of conversation and not in a positive light. And it's nothing that black women did as usual. It's because <coughs> black men are out of pocket. So instead of talking you guys ears off, I'm gonna play this clip from a conversation that Lil Wayne and 50 Cent had in talking about the black women in their lives. Um, there has some language in there. We're gonna try and censor out as much as possible, but it's for you guys to listen. So I'll put the clip on now. Well, they get mad, they get angry. You see a lot of sisters, they go, oh, you fucking, you this kind of girl or that kind of girl. That shit is exotic, <laughs> stupid. That shit looks a lot different from the shit that you see in the neighborhood all the time. It looks like <laughs> wondering what that was that was a clip from a conversation that Lil Wayne and 50 Cent were having about exotic women quote-unquote exotic women and they were saying they were mostly talking about Spanish women 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 from other countries who they deem to be exotic and then talking about how they get frustrated when a black woman get upset at them for it and then calling those black women um, angry or disrespectful for doing so this has made the rounds on social media and pissed off a lot of people rightfully so um, it made a lot of people just talk about the ways that they feel like black women are not appreciated, black women are undervalued, and black women are stigmatized, and women in general are treated like objects and pieces of meat. Because if you can call a human being exotic, you, yeah. can't, you can't really be seeing too much of the humanity that in that part. person. So mm -hmm. I'm in a really lucky position today because I get to help to navigate this conversation with three black women, and I'm really excited to hear what you, two, you three women think, and I'm excited to hear what other folks on social media think. So we've heard the clip. I just want to jump right into it. We heard the clip where 50 Cent said, um, I'd like, I had two questions actually. One, what were your reactions when you heard that clip? And two, was that the first time you've heard that sentiment come from a black man? Let's start with you, Nuletti. <laughs> My reaction wasn't exactly that. I thought it was funny. Um, and not in a way of like, oh, this is hilarious. It was just like, I haven't, I've heard this from shitty Tyrone on the corner with his dookie drugs. Like, I've heard this time and time and time and time again. Like, nothing about this was new. This, to me, was... He just sounded like the little boy on the corner that, you know, was just always talking shit about Black women or talking, you know, mess about wherever he is. And this is just nothing new. Um, and it's very embedded in 50 Cent's ignorance anyway. Like, we know what 50 Cent is. You know what he's about. But, you know, the thing about it is I don't want to single, <laughs> like, single him out simply because we tend to do that as a community, especially Black men. I see that happen a lot. It's always, well, it's just him. Nobody listens to 50. He's ignorant anyway. But it's like, no, it's, it's a lot of you that think the same way. So I'm just not surprised by his ignorance because he's shown it. So I'm not surprised. However... I'm not surprised by the entire sentiment because as a whole, a lot of black men carry the same logic. So I wasn't surprised. And I was just like, I think I laughed more so because for me, it was like, oh, okay, you said it out loud. 
<laughs> you said it out loud though. And you know, little way, oh, you guys, you guys are open now about this. Now you guys are saying this to where the rest of us can hear it. And to me, in a climate and in a time where people are really looking and paying more attention. So it's like, oh, you're just bold now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's more so why I found it funny because it was almost like how I look at six, um, six nine, where it's just like, you just have it, you have all this ignorance laid out on the table for, for peer entertainment at this point. So that's how I looked at it. <laughs> Selena, um, oh, sorry about that. Selena, I know you and I talked about this briefly. I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Go ahead. Absolutely. Before I give my thoughts, Tiamari left really good comments. She says, do we expect anything different from 50 Cent or Lil Wayne? Lil Wayne doesn't even know Black Lives Matter. He didn't, he didn't know what that meant for a few years. He actually did say that. Thank you, Tiamari. And then she also pointed out, what about the homie, the football player, that said that they were not attracted to Jill Scott? Both valid points. However, my response to that is, yes. We should expect more, and we need to hold our Black men accountable. I get it. They're rappers and they're artists. They're not scholars. They're not activists, and they're not deep into these spaces. But if we, we have to start somewhere. Like Naledi just said, what he said represents the sentiment of a larger part of Black men, particularly in the community where I'm from, in the communities of color that I frequent. And it's hurtful. It's exhausting. And I think 50 Cent should be held accountable to a larger degree because his platform is so much bigger and his words have hold so much weight. Like what he did was just affirm all the other black men and black people and white people, whoever who has these anti-black sentiments against black women. He just affirmed that it's okay, not only to think that, but to say it out loud and to be disrespectful. The reason why this was so hurtful is because black women consistently come to the aid and defense of black men, only to be told we're not good enough due to deep-rooted prejudice against black women and a system that upholds whiteness as superior. It's sad that black men continue to idolize and fetishize white women as this status symbol and Eurocentric beauty as superior than their own mothers and daughters. Like, look at Rajonay. Look at, look at 50's first son. Look at 50's mother. Like, we, 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 we got to talk about this. And we need to get to the root because it's really just a symptom of post-traumatic um, slavery that we have not gotten past. Thank you. Tiffany, come through with the come through. Um, I feel like when we hear stories like this or, you know, rappers who have these major platforms who say, like, unfortunate and just disrespectful remarks about Black women, you know, we have to really like localize it for ourselves and like Naledi and you know Selena said like we heard these you know statements pretty much probably growing up all our lives like they're not new to we're not new to these statements we can almost expect these statements from these certain sort of men and I always say I feel like the Amy Coopers and the 50 cents of the world like they join forces against <laughs> black women it's like they form like a Voltron and they just like yes attack black women <laughs> And 50 Cent just displayed that. I also think, like, and by no means am I a medical professional, but I feel like when 50 Cent or men like that say things like that, it really exposes, like, the issue that they may have with women and how they interact with women because it really is, like, you know, the ghetto, the loud, the ratchet black girls who are fighting hard for you. They're the ones who are out there leading the Black Lives Matter movements. They're the ones who are out there making sure that our schools get funded. So how dare you you know, speak so disrespectfully about Black women. And I said when we were promoting the show, I was like, a lot of times people disguise this as a preference. 
But we need to be honest that our purpose is very much rooted in anti-blackness and misogyny. And we just need to be honest about that. Why you think an exotic, like, I'm sorry, she's Dominican, cut it out. Like, I'm the same shade as that. We got the same hair texture. And these exotic girls that you swear, you know, that are so much better than black women, they got a whole swag from black women, okay? From our, from our braids, from our bodies, from how we, you know, carry ourselves. So I, I don't, it's, it's feel like it's really, I just don't get it because it's just like, do you understand that these women that you praise want to be like black women? They steal from black women. So how dare you get on this major platform and say such a thing? And shout out to Regine for saying that I'm exotic, I'm this, you know, I'm beautiful, I'm a queen. And I just feel to say, because I think Selena, you said that they have mothers and sisters and daughters. I feel like a lot of people use that line as like why they should. But I was like, they clearly they barely respect the women that's right in their family. Like it just goes to the, shows you even more of the disconnect that they can have black women dark as them and still get on a platform and say something like that. Yes. And it was crazy to me though that they would say, "Oh, angry black women," but yet they were going off as angry as possible. Like they were the ones angry and mad and talk about yeah, blah, blah, blah. you were the one ranting and raving. Nobody was thinking about you. Nobody was, and that's what it always feels like. Like black people would be black women would be minding our whole ass business and here goes this black man calling us angry but it's like where do you ever see black women truly getting on platforms bashing black men in the same reference and in the same way that we have been bashed your real quick i want to i want to jump in because we do have to move on to some some other questions i did post an article in which resonated responded to 50 cents um, in our Zoom and on the Facebook Live, and we'll make sure we put it in the podcast link as well. Selena, where does this fetishization of quote-unquote exotic women come from? You're on mute, Selena. She was going off, too. She on mute. <laughs> about that. Before I answer that question, which is a great question, um, Antoinette Murray left a great, great comment on Facebook Live. They said, the difference between Black celebrities and Tyrone on the Corner is that they are making black women bashing mainstream for white consumption. Thank you so much for that, 100% agree. But to answer Stanley's question, um, the fetishization, again, it, it is rooted back to, to slavery. And if we think about not only how harmful slavery was as an institution, but a number of stereotypes and caricatures formed out of this, right? One of the things that formed was the mammy, the mammy caricature. And I want to talk about that because it was Kyle Creo, I forgot how to pronounce his last name, but he was the one who questioned if Jill Scott was attractive. And if we look back to what happened with this mammy caricature, this person was a heavy set black woman who was completely desexualized and seen as a maternal asexual servant. So the reason why a lot of people do not think larger black women are, are, are sexy and uh, whatever and beautiful again it is tied to slavery and we need to understand that that's number one and then number two i think that it all ties back to the need to be accepted and validated by white people white because of our, their own insecurities that black men have they constantly want to put themselves in close proximity to white men because it seemed as better and superior. So if they can't be white themselves, what they're trying to do is they're trying to court these white women and then make them their wives to show that, okay, 
I'm at least at least my wife isn't as bad as Shaniqua from the hood or something like that. Like it's, it, again, it just goes back to them wanting to feel more powerful and wanting to feel accepted by white men. Hold on, how you go off like this, but then get mad at me when I slander Kanye, pretty much saying the same thing about him, Selena? I never, I've never gotten mad about you slandering the Kardashians or Kanye. Never. You be like Stanley, chill, don't do that. I said he had a mental illness and he needs yes, to take a seat and he needs a prayer. His but no, but I get it. I agree. I agree. I, I just, I just think that maybe I have shown more empathy for Kanye. Uh, maybe that's the difference there. I just think that maybe he can. There's hope for him and he can change. But I do think the larger issue here is systemic. Mm. And it, it's reflective of the stigmatizations within our own communities. Well, Selena, you saying that gives me a theory that I have. Black women tend to be a lot more forgiving and understanding of black men's trauma. Because, like, I mean, like, what 50 and Lil Wayne just did and a lot of other black men, they don't give you this much space. I've never seen other... You rarely ever see black men give black women this kind of space. You know how much Jada Pink and Slander has been going through my timeline? And mm-hmm. I was thinking too, because it's funny. But like people are really upset. I never see the kind of grace from black men to black women that you're giving to these black men. Nelada, you were gonna say something. Jump in. No, I was gonna agree with you. We don't we don't tend to get get the same amount of space. We're not allowed to make the same amount of mistakes. This just goes across the board, even to sexuality, like just to the way a, a black woman um chooses to express herself sexually, like we'll get called a hoe just for moving on. Like, you know, again, kind of to use Lauren London as a reference, it's like, God forbid this woman ever decides to move on, they're going to drag her on social media. And we all know it. And that's the saddest part. So it's just like, we're not allowed to be happy for some reason. Like, we're not allowed to show, you know, look at Ciara and Russell Wilson. We're not allowed happiness. <laughs> without the backlash and it's and it's sickening so it's like you know this narrative of angry black women it's like even when we're in our joy we get we get slandered no i'm sorry i gotta repeat the first thing you said here we're not allowed like we get called a hoe just moving on that was such a bar (laughs) jump into this yeah she's been dropping bars all show (laughs) yeah thank you i feel like it's unfortunate, but the, the grace part is really, I feel like it's really pivotal because I think women, especially black women, we coddle black men. We do. Exactly. We really and we really can, like, we say, oh, well, you know, he grew up in the hood. He's probably incarcerated. Like, we give them a lot of space so they can avoid accountability. And mm-hmm. we have the same sort of trauma. We have the same sort of background. Mm-hmm. No one gives us any sort of space. So then when you see black women in social media spaces saying like, I'm not going out there marching for these black men. I'm not doing that. Then it's an uproar. It's like, oh, we got to stand together in unity. It's like, no, I understand that sentiment because y'all don't stand up for the same way that we stand for y'all. I think it was this podcaster, Crystal. She was like, um, what did she say? She's like, let me go out and head out to these protests for these men that I know will never do the same for me. And I feel like, you know, that's so heartbreaking, but a lot of us, we're looked at as mules. We have to do the heavy lifting and the heavy labor, even though constantly we're betrayed and, you know, just disrespected by Black men. And sometimes I feel like, you know, I think I said it on my Instagram that a lot of these Black men that get on these platforms and know what their words can possibly do, um, like, you know, I feel like they give a signal to white people. Like, listen, they don't even respect their women, so why am I going to respect that? You know, I feel like, you know, it's such a damaging thing that they do to us. So that's why... 
I don't fault any black woman that's not going out to these Black Lives Matter protests to fight for anyone that was unfortunately, you know, harmed to, uh, to law enforcement because we don't see that representation. And I feel like a lot of us feel like until we see that, they're not going outside. Mm. And I can't fault them for that because you have someone like 50 Cent and Lil Wayne who are rich and so far removed from everyday quote unquote struggles of, you know, black life because they have a lot of money and they don't, are, they're not interacting with the police, you know, um, the way we may be interacting. And they could just say that and laugh and fall over and just think that's the funniest thing that could ever be said. Yeah. I um, just, oh, sorry, go ahead. Just real oh. quick, hold off one second. I want to read Amy Jones' comment on Facebook Live. She said, no one visits incarcerated black women except for other black women. This mm -hmm. is true. And also, women, particularly, but black women especially, are the highest growing number of people who are being incarcerated right now because we're criminalizing just surviving. Naledi, I want to throw this next question to you. So for those of you who don't know Naledi um, that well, she has a podcast slash um, online radio show, Lethal Lips, but she's very vocal on Facebook. And because of that, she gets a lot of pushback from men. There's an entire, like, Every day, there's at least four or five men who comment on her post and say she hates black men and that she's an angry black woman. Mm -hmm. Naledi, where does this angry black woman trope come from? From telling the truth. Um, and it's so <laughs> funny. No, it is because, you know, I don't know if you've noticed, but it's so funny because I've fallen back from a lot of what I used to post and I just kind of have stopped speaking about a lot of things altogether. And I've noticed like a lot of the same ones that used to go so hard to bash me are now through this whole movement and through this whole Black Lives Matters. Now all of a sudden it's like, a, you know, we really do have to stop being on our black women. This is too much now, you know? And it's like all of a sudden the veil is lifted and all of a sudden these black men get it now. And you know, I give people room to grow so I haven't said anything against it. I, I embrace it. However, it's just ironic and I'm noticing it more and more. And, you know, I've had a lot more black, the same black men, you know, reaching out to me like, yeah, you were right. And it's like, yeah, my whole thing is like, I'm allowing them to learn their own lessons <laughs> at this point. What I want black men to understand is that this has never been a bash of black men. But what we are looking for is, okay, just as loud as 50 Cent is over there, don't tell me in private that you care about me. Stop sliding in my DMs, apologizing for all the other black men that had, that were on my post, because that's what used to happen a lot too, right? You'll get all these black men out, come on my post and be all negative, but then five dudes are sliding in my DMs, apologizing for their behavior. Don't apologize in private. Stop apologizing in quiet and then and then want to get on these posts talking about, well, it's not all of us. I'm tired of the not me niggas. That's what I call them. The, the equivalent to pick me's, they're not me's. Okay, every time it's a, not me, but not us and not, I don't care. What we need to see is more, like more black men being just as vocal on the other spectrum. So we do know that we're supported. So we do understand that, yes, if 50 Cent is gonna say this over here, but I can be sure that, you know, brother such and such over here is gonna meet him where he's at and be just as vocal about his love and um, adoration for black women and his support for black women. That's what we need to see more of. Stop telling us that, oh, well, these are just celebrities and who and who is a Debbie and nobody listens to Kodak Black because there's a million young black men that are listening to this ignorance and that are being tainted by this ignorance. So what we need is just as much vocal accountability on the other spectrum that are in defense of us. That's it. <laughs> yep. Selena, you want to jump in here? Do you agree with Naledi's assessment? Absolutely. Naledi just spoke a whole truth, like 100%. <laughs> and I just want to add, because the question is, where does this angry Black women trope 
come from. So it actually is, 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 is that stereotype was solidified through Amos and Andy, which was a popular radio series that began in 1926 and then later developed into a, a television series that ran up until the 1950s. Now this cartoon depicted the Sapphire character as bossy, headstrong, and she would always have these verbal debates with her husband. In fact, she dominated her husband and emasculated him with verbal put downs. Now, um, studies show, yeah, studies show that white people ate this up. That whole pointing in the finger, put your hands on the hip, white people and white audiences thought this was hilarious. This goes to show how powerful and how deeply rooted our psyches are in pop culture and through media and mainstream. They've been stereotyping black women as angry for decades on end. And it has stuck to us even so much that they were calling the first lady, Michelle Obama, an angry black woman. That's where it stems from. Again, it is our history. And this history is not being taught in, uh, in our classrooms. It's not in the curriculum and to our own detriment. It's not being talked about in our communities. What's happening is this toxic way of th thinking has seeped into our communities and is being projected in our boys and in the videos that they create and the content that they create. And then you have people like 50 Cent and Lil Wayne just repeating these stereotypes and this toxic, and this toxic way of thinking. That's what's happening and we have to stop. We have to understand where this is rooted in and how, how because of this trove, it, it pits the black community against each other. Because if black men are not standing up with black women, then how are we supposed to fight against a whole system of white supremacy? It's like we're having these internal fights. Why don't, like, there are black and brown people dying, being hunted down like dogs by police and other white vigilantes. Why do we have to have a conversation about 50 Cent and Lil Wayne disrespecting us? Like, they, they, they really need to be held accountable and be educated so that we can move on and fight the real fight here. Yeah. That's, that was a whole bar. I was, I was gonna ask a question of like, does this slander of black women put black women's lives in danger, Selena? I think you pretty much said yes, Tiffany. What do you yeah. think? Yes, you know, again, Selena, mad bars on bars on bars. Um, I also think we, as Black women, don't realize how much we probably also internalize this angry Black woman trope, especially when it comes to our professional lives. I just had a friend, she posted on her Instagram story how she had to reread an email several times to make sure the tone was okay, make sure period's in the right place, because she didn't want to come off as too strong and aggressive. And I know even for myself, I could say things pretty flatly and straightforward, and it'll be perceived as angry or you're like second guessing yourself because you already know that camera is going to be like oh no Tiffany's upset Tiffany's and because I feel like more often than not we have to make white people feel comfortable even though we are in the right we have every right to be angry for each other you know feel every emotion but I feel like certain emotions are off limits for us because of the stereotype that exists and I think it is harmful because um, if you look at it like Lil Wayne and 50 Cent and a lot of these, you know, men, they think it's funny. They think it's a joke. It's ha ha ha. It's whatever. It's like, no, you don't see how that stereotype impacts our everyday life. Because so many, like I said, so many times we never want to come off as an angry black woman. And especially if you, if you add colorism to that mix, you know, dark skinned black woman, like then it's like a whole other ballgame. So it's like, it's layers to this anti-blackness, it's layers to this misogynoir. And I don't know if you can necessarily educate someone like 50 Cent 
I don't I don't know about Little Wings. I feel like Little Wings is you know on a whole other planet. But like Fifty Cent, he thinks this is funny, and I think like he has like such a, a emotional detachment to things. Like look how he treats his first child, people. Like Fifty Cent is off the wall to me. So I don't know if you can educate these sort of brothers because they just think it's funny. And at the end of the day, no one's holding them accountable because they're still gonna have the exotic on their arm, and they're still gonna think that black women is you know in the corner being angry. You have to treat them like white people and take everything that they, you know, are gaining from us as far as cons- consumption. That's it. That's the only answer. <laughs> Damn. Well, so, ladies, we, we, like, I mean, we've really gone through the whole conversation. I guess the next thing I want to ask you is, like, how do we, how can we educate men on anti-blackness and help them get, like, just get solid on this stuff? Uh, for me, it's kind of like what Tiffany was just saying. It's 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 almost like, well, how do you educate them? I just feel like at this point, who don't hear this feel, and we got to get to a place where it's like, stop supporting them. That's just it. Period. Take away their trinkets and all the gold and all the flashy nonsense that's make them feel that's made them, you know, as Selena said, cl- feel closer to white proximity. Take yeah. those things away and almost remind them that yes, you are still nigga, because without those things that has come from the support of let's be real black women because we are the highest consumers you know what i mean like stop supporting them and it's and it's an it's it's an unlearning not just to black men but also to black women because we also have to understand our value enough to where we can pull that rug from underneath them um and live in that truth and stop and stop entertaining you know black white green any type of type of men that don't support us fully um so starting from there, I just feel like we just need to stop supporting them, period. Stop shining the light on them. Real quick, Tiffany, before I go to you, I, we put out a poll today said, that said, um, should we stop supporting Lil Wayne and 50 Cent for being anti-Black? Um, 33% of the people who took the poll said yes. 30, it was pretty split. 33 said they're entitled to their own opinions. And then the last third said they're not sure. That goes back to the question that Bianca asked earlier about whether we should cancel power or stop supporting power. So, Tiffany, how can we educate people on this anti-Blackness and anti-woman agenda? Um, so, I'll start by saying, one, I'm not talking to Black men. I would pose that to you, Stanley, because I feel like Black men who are aware, who are woke, who, you know, uh, identify as feminists, y'all need to talk to your brothers. I'm, I'm not talking to these men anymore because I feel like I'm tired of the same way I'm tired of having to prove my humanity to white people. Like, no, you should not be able to kill me unjustly on camera. No, you should not be able to call me an angry black woman and laugh about it and think it's funny. So I think black men, I challenge y'all to step up and when you see this sort of behavior and you see these sort of ways right in front of your face because all of us are like, you know, regular, regular people, but we all have a story. So apparently it's your homeboy, it's your cousin, it's your father, it's your uncle. You need to challenge them. And I think for me, I'm only talking to, you know, black women because I also think sometimes black women can feed into this because like you said, a lot of black women, pick these out here. You know, we think it's funny to laugh alone because we think we're gonna get some extra fodder from these men. And, you know, lo and behold, they'll just turn around and, you know, disrespect us too. And I even challenge, you know, our non-black people of color too, to especially the women, because I feel like a lot of, you know, the Latinx women, they may like subscribe to this notion of the angry black women. Like, check yourself too, because you also are contributing to this angry black notion because you think it's special because old boys said like, you know, I don't mess with black girls because they this, they got too much attitude. And then you go around and you say that. And it's like, that's a problem because at the end of the day, he's telling me that he doesn't respect a certain type of woman. 
he don't respect women in general. And just because you have a lighter hue or you got curly hair, you think that's special. So I think women really need to challenge our perspectives. And I think men, they need to step up. I'm not talking to these brothers anymore. I'm not wasting my breath. I hope they do find the light, but it's not going to be through me. <laughs> Tiffany, real quick, you said you and Naledi Nel- Nel- both, both said pick me's. Before I go to Selena, what is a pick me? Okay, so to me, I feel like a pick me is like, you ever see those conversations that spark on like Twitter where it's like, oh, when you fix your man, his plate, or when you do this, I feel like these pick me's are always kind of like women who see, they subscribe to patriarchy and they subscribe to gender roles and not realizing that patriarchy is also a detriment to you and is a detriment to your partner. So I feel like pick me's, they don't realize that these men who make these sort of jokes or have these sort of like gender roles, you know, are harmful to you because they want to be in a relationship, they want to be loved, you know, they want to, you know, have that compassion. They overlook all those problematic, you know, opinions and views from these men. So that's that's how I look at pick me. Thank you. And Aladi, do you agree with that that definition of a pick me? Yeah, I'll just say like to me it's more like they add they subscribe to the gaslighting of what the core issues are. Like when we bring up these core issues, it's not about like women not wanting to cook and, you know, do certain things for the men. It's about how in which, like you said, the patriarchy that we kind of like um, allow when we do these things, um, it's it's about finding that right balance. And it's like, as women, when we speak and we vocalize these things, you have the pygmies that want to just so desperately go against the grain to sound as if that they're the ones that, you know, well, this is my lifestyle and, you know, I have that, that um, essence of my grandmother that stayed with my grandfather for X amount of years through it all, through the abuse, through the this, through the that. And it's like, that's usually a pick me. And it's just like, I, I'm, I'm over it. But you got your pick me's and you got your not me's. <laughs> <laughs> the pick me's and the not me's creating the. And the not me's, they can just be with each other. <laughs> Selena, uh, just real quick. How do we help to stop this negative, these negative ideas and socializations of black men towards black women? You're on mutual, and see every time she's going off, Zoom try to stop her greatness. Cause you know she's been going ham for them too. Go ahead, Selena. Oh yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, we we really have to educate our communities, right? I, I think that us as a community, we have to take the responsibility of educating our youth about our past. And, and, and letting them understand the history behind it and having some understanding. Like, it starts with the youth. It starts young. Like, I remember when I was in high school where I used to hear the guys say, like, oh, it's better, like, I'm only dating light-skinned girls. Or, like, like, they used to say this type of stuff. And, again, it's not being taught. Like, we as a millennial generation, we have the privilege of living in the era of information. So we know better at this point, right? So it's up for us to have these conversations with our uncles, our fathers, and especially the younger men in our communities to help educate them. But, you know, even though I say that, I also largely agree with what Tiffany said about being so frustrated. Like, I'm sick of having the conversations with men. Like, if you, you know, like, I understand that, that perspective, too, because it's tiring and it's exhausting. Like, you've been taught this toxic way of thinking when you're displaying toxic masculinity at its you know most fundamental root and why is it up to me to try to educate you and enlighten you like so it's a lot like again i know the answer is educating our communities but it really i think that men like you stanley also have to step up like you've been doing like you have a podcast and and a, um, a platform called let's not be trash where you talk to other men about issues like this so we just need more of that uh, so um, 
I guess I'll wrap this conversation up and give my first, I think it's my first opinion for the show. I mean, it's the only opinion that really matters is like patriarchy is a disease and sexism is a disease, but anti-blackness will be the death of all of us, particularly for black men. And Lil Wayne and 50 Cent are 100% wrong because not only do they dehumanize women as a whole, when you try to categorize somebody as exotic, but they totally dismiss and disrespect black women. And you can't tell me you are a person for justice, you are a person for equality, you are a black man who cares about all people when you won't even stand up and stand with black women. And what does that mean? That means that acknowledging that black men have been the white men to black women. The way that white men and white people have been supremacists and oppressors to black people, black men have been that way to black women. And I'm not even saying this to be hyperbolic. If you look up the CDC health stacks, stats, the number two killer of black women between the ages of 15 and 35 is murder. Guess who's killing them? Black men. Most of the time, it's men that they know. One out of four women are victims of sexual assault, and our number is probably higher because lots of sexual assaults are underreported, and it's very underreported in black communities. Black men, a lot of us love black women, a lot of us care for black women, but we have also been terrorized as a black woman and made their lives a living hell and beat them. And when we haven't been the terrorizers, we've looked the other way. Like when that guy hit that sister in the face of the skateboard and his friends recorded it and laughed, we looked the other way. So it doesn't even matter if you yourself don't think that black women aren't equal or black women aren't good enough. You got a homie that does and you haven't said anything and you're not gonna say anything. And because of that, you are a threat to black women. So if you really care about black women, if you really love black women, if you really want to change this narrative about the way black men see black women, the first thing you need to do is take a look at the mirror. The next thing is go check your friends because literally they are putting black women's lives at risk. And I, for one, will not sit by idly while that happens. So with that being said, folks, we do have to wrap things up. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, Naledi. Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you, Selena. You, you three went off on this conversation. Um, thank you, everybody who was on Zoom and on Facebook Live, Amy Jones, um, TMRI Witted, Bianca, Flav, Molly, Rashida, everybody who's been watching this. The podcast will be available in a couple of days. By a couple of days, I mean tomorrow morning. Um, and if you want to hear it, you can get it anywhere you get your podcast from. If you want to support this show and help us keep doing what we do, please get to our GoFundMe. Zoom ain't cheap, and it definitely ain't free. www.gofundme.com slash radio. And finally, make sure you subscribe to Protest Bays and to Lethal Lips. Thanks, folks. Talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you.